Welcome to Vignettes, the Emerging Writers Festival podcast. My name is Ruby and I'm the Artistic Director at EWF. I'm coming to you from the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. For this episode, we invited Lorna Munro, Harry Reid and Damien Becker to respond to the theme of stick. We asked them to consider the sticking points of life from stoking flames to building bridges, and we can't wait for you to hear what they have in store. First, we have Lorna Munro. My name's Lorna Munro. I'm a Radjuri poet and podcaster living on Gadigal land. I am a spoken word poet. I don't have much work published because I actually prefer people to sit and listen How you hold up the sky with those opinions will always amaze me. Like the way you tell lies just to erase me. Place me in a box, caving in, displacing my own ideas about myself. How fucking dare you? Tell me my mother wasn't human or that my grandmother was truly the last of her kind while I stand here in front of you. I'm the one that spent all that time learning and listening. Yet you will praise someone that stole my voice and has tried to wear my skin ever since. While I stand here in front of you, transmuting trauma so deafening, gathering these leaves and figuring out what is medicine. You never carried that water, so why do you get to swim on the hottest of days while we wait for your children to stop mocking us? While we wait for your children to stop mocking us, knocking down trees, destroying estuaries and the very things we all need to continue to breathe and be greedy in the knowing that you do not belong here. These bones ache for some growing, the same as these trees with these roots destroying pavement, pushing out power lines, screaming, wait a minute, can I just be? Can I just bundy this disbelief right back to the sea? Swing my war stick above my head, watch the fuck out. The prophecy has been read, reinterpreted and turned into code. You should have known before you carry the lies your ancestors told. This sacred ground is not for free and can never ever be sold. Thanks, Lorna. Next up, we have Damien Becker. Hey everyone, I'm Damien, pronouns he, him. Speaking to you from Bunjalung land in the beautiful Northern Rivers town of Mwilambar. I write and perform spoken word in between my job as a youth worker and being the dad of a gorgeous 18-month-old. I'm recording this from a small room at the end of our house. Uh, during the day, I have a view north across cow paddocks and sugarcane fields to the mountains bordering New South Wales and Queensland. But at night, like it is now, the bats in the giant fig tree in the park cry out into the night. Um, you might hear some of them in the background. In the next room, my little one is asleep, so I'm keeping my voice super soft. Today for vignettes, I'm reading a single story poem called Stick. It's a new piece, a reflection on my teenage years spent in hospital with fellow cystic fibrosis kin. About half of my friends from that time didn't make it. 
to adulthood. Thanks for listening and supporting the work of emerging writers such as myself. Uh, you can find more of my work on Instagram at sea salt skin or one word sea salt skin. This is stick. She was like all of us in this place, encased in a layer of salt. Scientifically, we were always a bit hazy on specifics, truth being more important than facts. But it was something about ourselves and being unable to transfer sodium into proper form, sending our organs into lifelong storms, cascading waterfalls of phlegm and failure, so that we were always staying here. Hospital kids on high rotation, and these were days before the evidence of cross-infection turned the policy directions, ending face-to-face -face friendships like this, when the two of us could just hide out on nights out with the lights out in the Ward 3 East kitchen, blinking visions of the big city pulsing through the windows in rhythm like taunts of what we were missing inside all the time, our bodies slight as damp kindling, tiny legs brittle on bench edges, ankles swishing, sweat behind our knees, leaving crystal mysteries on stainless steel until morning shift cleaners could strip it back to sterility. Salt, like medicine, both preserves and corrodes, so I wonder aloud if these bodies of us with cystic fibrosis rot more quickly in the ground, slumping cavities half rotting already, full of infection, or maybe the opposite effect, pickled indefinitely in our own hypertonic salinity like glass jars of herring. But she says, I don't care to know, and if my mind goes there, I may not see with my own eyes again. A stick is dead wood not yet turned humus. We understand this, so we hang humorous conversations like nursery mobiles off our collarbones, between rasping coughs like gasping and rising between sets of breakers choking on our own jokes and spitting them into cups for physios to assess our bodies drowning themselves from inside, breathing in clouds, breathing out rain. The pain of fading away clear as a spring day on her face made for charity paid advertorials. Story filled Good Friday appealing smiles dialed up to nine million pity feeling dollars for MRI buying child saviors while at school a boy would grab her arm and claim I could just snap this like a twig and her career's advisor confided that if I were you, I would be enjoying life's every precious moment. But in the kitchen, after the final IVs of the night, gorging on cold fries and lemonade, as per our dietary requirements, we allowed the shadow talk of well-founded despair to sit in the air between us like hovering feathers till dawn talking 
as if she were already gone. The flowers selected, the funeral mixtape perfectly constructed, her reluctance to tell her mum she wasn't actually religious, that the church service planned with the priest who had barely met the kid and would later mix her name with another parishioner's child. This confession of hers to me that weighed so heavily that she would stay silent, a final act of grace that traced her silhouette in the dirt with the jagged ends of a stick disappearing on the forest floor like memory. Thank you, Damien. And now, here is Harry Reid. Hello, uh, my name is Harry Reid. I'm a writer and proud union arts worker living on Wurundjeri and Boon land. I'd like to acknowledge them as the traditional owners of the land and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. Uh, I'm also the co-director of Sick Leave, a reading series and journal dedicated to showcasing fun, new and interesting work. I'm recording this from my study, which I've turned into a home office this year. Uh, at the moment, it's full of boxes of books, which I have to career back to work tomorrow. Uh, I'm sitting on the couch, which my cat Patty has claimed as her own this year. Uh, it's a Monday afternoon around 12.45, uh, and I've taken the day off work. Uh, today, I'll be reading a poem called Another Day in Paradise. In it, I use the term ROWI, which stands for right-of-way. They're those little lanes that run parallel to suburban streets, uh, which often have houses backing onto them. Uh, I hope you like the poem. Another day in paradise. Down the ROWI again, on FaceTime with Lucy, looking for wood to burn. I'd like to be a little taller, I say. Then I could reach those lemons. Sometimes it feels like I'm living in a procedurally generated history, I say, you know? Like every day waking up in a new room. Today, computer is to head, chair is to back. Sun half on my face, half falling over. Point to a good bit of broken fence and put the phone down. Lucy asks, how will you get at home? It's not far, I reply. I'm up for the fight. But they only stopped using arsenic to treat wood in 2005, I say. So you can only burn new fences. That looks old, says Lucy. Yeah, it does, I say. Better leave it. If wood is to rot, then wind is to give. I've got to be a little smarter about my spending soon, I think. Lucy asks, how far does the row we go? I don't know, I say. Almost to the end of the street. But no one uses it, so we can shoot arrows here. Good after a day at the desk. And being council land, it keeps the landlords happy. A few holes here and there, as long as it's not my gate. Not that we worry too much about landlords, or at all. Chilly now. Pick up the phone again. Lucy points out a broomstick. No good, I say. Two eighties. Rowie a bust, so keep walking around my neighbourhood. Still on the phone with Lucy. I'm picking up branches, breaking them down and putting them into a hessian bag I carry with me. Good for kindling, and with so many gums, there's always a few drop limbs. Talking with Lucy about the football, I see a man stuffing pamphlets into mailboxes. One has blown down the road, and I pick it up. 
What does it say? asked Lucy. Tomorrow may be too late, I say, and show Lucy the pamphlet. I hate this, I say. Why? asked Lucy. My extended family is all Jehovah Witness, and they don't talk to us anymore. Why? asked Lucy again. I don't know, I say, because we're not in the church, I guess. I think it also has something to do with my cousin living with her boyfriend. I put the pamphlet into my pocket to help start the fire tonight, and think many, if not all, of these pamphlets will be looked over once and thrown away. What a waste, I say. I gotta go and start dinner, says Lucy. Okay, I say. See you later. Say hi to the cats for me. Back home now. The wind has died down, but has left a chill. I'm building a fire in the backyard, drinking wine with Emma. Tonight we are drinking a Pinot Noir. Good amount of sticks today, says Emma. Yes, I say. A few gums dropped in the wind. And there it is again. That new room feeling. A kind of anti-deja vu. Are you okay, asks Emma? Yes, I say. I forget how well she knows me. How she can tell when I go funny. Time together will do that. Too much computer, I say. Too much screen time today, maybe. Emma seems unconvinced. It seems to me that evening is to stretch like morning is to crunch. Maybe tomorrow I will feel more settled. I look at my wine and wonder if I should cut down, but know that I won't. Not the type to nip a bud, but nights like this are small pleasures and I try to relax into it. My back hurts, I say. I think I need a new chair for my desk. It is now that we see a head peering over our fence into the yard. This happens often, as even someone short need only tiptoe to see over it, and we live on a corner block in a popular area. It is a woman. Oh, don't mind the pollution, she says. What about the pollution, I say. It's not good for the environment, she says. What's not, I ask. The fire, she says. Better than running the heater all night, I say, and it's cold tonight. I don't have a heater, she says. What do you do when it gets cold, I ask. Blankets, she says. That seems needlessly miserable, Emma says, and at this she walks off. She's right. A fire is polluting. It's unavoidable. But so too is my day at the desk, my call with Lucy. So too this wine, the pamphlets. That was strange, I say. Yes, it was, says Emma. And very rude. I hadn't even thought about it being rude, but now I suppose it was. It's not of her business if we have a fire or not, I think. It's not of her business if we have a fire or not, Emma says, and I agree. That was Harry Reid, Damien Becker and Lorna Munro. Thank you so much for listening to Vignettes, the EWF podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please drop us a review, recommend us to your friends and hit subscribe wherever you like to listen. And of course, stick with us as we bring you more autumnal readings over the next few weeks. This podcast was produced by EWF Program Coordinator Millie Bayliss. Our audio producer is John Chia, and our theme music was created by Two Care. You can find out more about the team behind this podcast and the artists featured in this episode on the EWF website. This podcast was created and edited on the lands of the Wurundjeri and Bunurong people of the Kulin Nation. We acknowledge the First Nations peoples are the first storytellers of this land and that their sovereignty has never been ceded. We pay our respects to elders past and present 
and to the elders of the lands that this podcast reaches. It always was, always will be Aboriginal land. <laughs>